Hello, students. Welcome to Late to Anime School, where I can pretend my English major has actually helped me. Today, we'll be discussing the first five episodes of Death Note. My name is Ross, but I will not be the primary sensei for this episode. That honor goes to Jennifer. Hello. <laughs> I'm Jennifer. Uh, username Ruby BX Yang, and I'll definitely be leading this discussion about um, the anime version of Death Note. And not one of the live-action movies. Certainly not. And I guess on your roll call, we just heard you, but Ashley? Hi. I guess that's everybody for today. Hopefully the Death Note didn't affect everybody. Yeah, hopefully it didn't kill anyone off. We have so few characters. We can't afford to lose anyone from our cast. Yeah, I don't think Ryuk would. Well, Ryuk then would probably enjoy it. So, first five episodes of Death Note. Starting with Rebirth, ending with Tactics. I would definitely ask the class, what is everyone's first impressions of the show? Well, as expected, Light is a bastard. Um, I've actually seen this, so it's not quite first impressions. It has been a nearly 10 years so I'm a little rusty on it, but yes, Light is a bastard. That'll be a thing to discuss a lot. Yeah, Light, Light has his moments, I would say. But first episode, Rebirth, you are introduced to, well, in English, Light Yagami. In the original Japanese, it's Raito. Um, and you kind of see that he's just an ordinary Japanese student, Bored out of his mind because he's the top in his class. And then Ryuk, the Shinigami, um, in English, I believe the translation is Deaf God. He is also bored in his realm. And then the Death Note comes, and then you kind of see Light having a conversation with himself about, well, what does this all mean? Um, I got to interrupt for one thing. The whole Light Raito thing. Yes, that's the pronunciation, but the authors always intended the word to be the English word light. So it's just one of the things that they can't say light with the language, but it is light in both languages. That makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, that boy's got a god complex, although the real question is... Did he start with the God complex? Was it just a minor superiority complex before? How did, like, because he goes from, like, oh, I sort of, I am a theoretically ethical person who could make the world better, to I am a God in, like, I mean, not literally two seconds flat, but he goes from, oh, I can improve the world a little by killing people, which is, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. He goes from that to I am God real fucking fast. I like I remembered that was a thing, but then I always hear like arguments about uh, whether that was always his thing or not, or like what it was the Death Note. But then I remembered, oh, yeah, that line came in the first episode. So that's a bit too fast for something to be a slow corruption of ideals over time. Yeah, it definitely does seem to have the impression that he already had a serious superiority complex, at the very least, and then... 
It just got worse as he got more power. Like, damn, that was fast. Um, I'll try to keep the comparisons kind of small because you, I don't think you guys, or at least you, actually haven't seen it. There's a lot of things with Code Geass with a very similar premise, and there's a line from that where the main character, Lelouch, who has the same thing, basically said, the power I was given to do all this stuff was the trigger, and it let me act on these things, but it was ideals I always, and like things I always wanted and had the potential to do on my own. I just didn't have the means. So I feel that's very he similar for Light. always a bastard. Just now he's a bastard who can act on it. He meets Ryuk, and instead of surprise and shock, like, oh my god, what? What? What is this in my room? He's like, uh, well, I've no, been expecting you. He was surprised. Like, he fucking fell off his chair. He's just trying to regain control of the situation. I mean, you could argue it was less he wasn't expecting him at all and more just suddenly in his room. That is different, like jump scare, even if you know it's coming kind of thing. But yeah, he also is the kind of narcissist to be like, oh, yeah, no, this was totally whatever. It wasn't like I wasn't scared. No way. Keikaku yeah, Dori. I definitely read as more like I must regain control of the situation and pretend to be calm, cool and collected. Because, of course, yes, I knew about this. And, like, you can see that in terms of how he's asking probing questions and trying to get information about Ryuk. Which, which Ryuk is, like, sort of the central character. Well, in the first episode, he's a central character in this case. Because he's like, well, I, I'm going to answer so many questions. Maybe not. Maybe I'll do this. He's trying to at least get some entertainment value out of dropping the death note in the human world and seeing what comes of it. But Light does have that question of morality from the very beginning that he totally reconciles at the end of episode one. So like, I'm, but won't that make me a murderer? Nah, they're evil anyway. And God, he's just so absolutely certain that he's right he barely even spends a few seconds considering the possibility that he might be wrong and then just doesn't consider it ever again he's just immediately like i am right my knowledge of all things is perfect and i mean god complex but uh, he's a good bastard <laughs> as as episode one would would show, um, people will either like light or love to hate him. Um, but that leads into episode two, which is confrontation, and the detective L comes on and the I scene. Mean, like L is definitely reading. It's like, ah, oh, yes, classic genius detective who gets to be kind of an obnoxious bastard as well by virtue of being good at his job. And they're very clearly setting up a parallel of. L is just light, but not evil. And yeah, they have the whole thing where they both say I am justice at the same time. So it's very much a two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like they're both very intelligent, manipulative bastards who are 
very clearly self-obsessed with their own intelligence. Like they are very clearly convinced, ah, oh, yes, I am one of the most brilliant people around. And to an extent they're kind of right. They are really clever. So it's not completely unfounded, but obviously there's, I think there's a difference between going, I have this power now. I'm going to go God complex because I'm the smartest student in class or whatever versus I'm a detective who's solved all these things and done all this. I have confidence in my abilities to solve this case. And I only like, trust. I'm not discounting people. that they aren't fairly intelligent, but also they're fucking assholes about it. Like no primary character in this is really that sympathetic. Light's a bastard, L's a bastard, just like a bastard that's not evil. Ryuk just wants to watch the world burn. I mean, the, what was it, the police officers we saw weren't yeah, the I ones mean, who were in the Yeah, like the case. they're sympathetic, but they're also not necessarily like, at least so far, they haven't really seemed to be that important. Like, they kind of start to become more important in episode five when it's like, okay, now I trust you. Yeah, it does It does take, like, a long time to trust the Japanese police. He probably assumes at some point that, because you now have the introduction of the name Kira, who's supposedly doing all these killings, so they, they give the killer a name, as it were. Um, mostly because no one knows it's like. At this point. Well, yeah, of course, um, they knew it was like they'd be killing him. Yeah. <laughs> and then that'd be the end of the show. But Light already assumed, well, not Light, L. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you made that mistake earlier. That's okay. It's been a long time that I've seen the show, too, but I just really, really like the show. Um, there's already an assumption it's got to be someone in Japan. It's got to be someone, probably someone from the Japanese police. More things happen in the episode. They're like, oh, it's definitely somebody from the Japanese police. Can't be anybody else. At least someone who has access to the police stuff, not necessarily from the police. Yeah, he, go, he goes that route. So that leads to the confrontation on TV, I guess, in front of Japan. As to L declaring himself, I'm going to go after you. And then I believe the episode ends with the whole I am justice thing. Which I'm like, all right, okay. So episode three dealings then. Where Ryuk just gives a tiny bit more into what Shinigamis are able to do. But he still, he still is kind of not saying well, everything. I mean, of course, yeah. he just wants to watch the world burn. He's bored. Ryuk is completely amoral. He literally just wants to watch people kill each other in entertaining ways. So he's only giving information to Light in as much as it enables Light to do more interesting things and to some extent stay alive a bit longer because then he'll keep on killing people in interesting ways to amuse Ryuk. Because, like, Ryuk, he's... He's just amoral. He's just watching the world burn and lights obliging him. 
it's kind of hard to apply morality of our world to a completely different species that works on completely different I mean, like, that's things why I like say he's that. amoral. Like, our morality, okay, yeah, like, it just doesn't apply to him. You're right. I was taking Yeah, no, like, I'm not way. saying he has no morality in that he is, like, the epitome of evil. I'm saying he has no morality in that it just doesn't really apply to him. He is beyond good or evil in the same way an animal is. Yeah, that was my mistake on yeah, no your worries. wording then. Sorry. Miscommunication happens. It's an inevitable facet of natural languages. That's true. So we get to that part, and basically the match between Light and L began with the confrontation so now it's just continuing of one anticipating the other's moves and the other anticipating the other's moves and kind of seeing where does everyone else fit into that back and forth of who's going to be the victor because yeah, they're feeling each other out trying to find weaknesses elves just trying to get more information about the limitations of lights killing people powers because, I mean, if you're dealing with supernatural bullshit where someone can just, like, kill you randomly, you obviously need more information about the limitations of it to, like, both to protect yourself and to effectively engage. And Light is trying to figure out who L is so that he can kill him and continue his rampage to supposed godhood. That's another part of the whole, like, thing about him and his god complex. There's, like, never a moment once he decides it that he has any qualms about killing police who are just trying to do their job and stop him. It's So it's not even like a, I only kill because these are bad people. It's anyone against me. What I'm trying to do is perfect. I am justice. Anyone who tries to stop me is against justice and deserves to die. So it's really hard to call that in any way understandable yeah, or like, reasonable. I mean, like, that's what I said of how earlier, how he just immediately goes into God complex mode of he doesn't, he doesn't even stop to think that he could possibly be in the wrong. As soon as he has the power to kill people, he's just full. I am God. I am perfect. I make no errors. And like, he doesn't even try to maintain that facade of, oh, I'm not evil because I only kill bad people. Because his definition of bad immediately expands to those who oppose me. Yeah, that that's how um, he sees it, pretty much. But we do start to see... I don't know if it was episode three or before or after that the Japanese chief of police is Light's dad. And how does that even tie into it? You start to see later and later and later. But episodes four and five kind of set, well, to me, they set the tone as to how this action is going to play out. So you have pursuit and tactics. Um... What what was everyone's thoughts about, I guess, the the back and forth as to how Light was trying to, well, one, get rid of Ray, 
the lovely FBI agent who was following him. I mean, like, it was a clever gambit of manipulating the situation such that he would force him to provide him with more information because Ray's fundamentally a decent person who's just trying to stop a serial killer. And then when he's on the bus with them, he's just trying to protect people who, as far as he knows, are innocent civilians. Funnily enough, we, I mean, obviously Light didn't know, but he had basically decided, oh yeah, he's at this point, there's no grounds for suspicion. So I'm gonna just like complete and move on. And then he would have been under a lot less suspicion, but then he's like, nope, gotta kill him. Yep. So like, and I mean, theoretically, he probably could have pulled off the whole thing without actually exposing Ray, but he was just so intent on, I must kill him. He didn't seem to consider the possibility that they'd be like, well, he has been investigated and his stealth is fine and dandy. So nothing like it is almost interesting that he's actually giving the FBI more credit for their ability to investigate him than not. Yeah, and the the key sentence that Ray says before he gets on the bus, I'm like, oh, light, you idiot. You didn't realize that if he hadn't suspected you this whole time, this was his last day of investigation. Yeah, well, all right. Well, I mean, because he is incomplete information because he's not actually a god, even if he seems to think otherwise. Fucking bastard. Like, he, he does obviously have that god complex, and he's always right, but he's smart. So he does, to a degree, realize these are threats to be eliminated. It's I think it's, like, mainly once L does the whole broadcast thing and, like, narrows him, I know you're in the con- the Kanto, re- uh, Kanto region. Um, so, so, like, once he sees it, it's like, oh, shit, there's a threat that can get to me, so I gotta take these things as actual like things worth looking into and acting on so it's like it's not even just oh it's the fbi it's this is a person investigating me it's anyone it could lead to l and like even my sister finding the death note is too big of a thing to risk so he does take that seriously i don't know if it's respect as much as it's i can't ignore it although also i suppose part of what we're thinking about with this is like the tool he has is the ability to kill people in a bullshit way. So to some extent, I almost wonder if the whole killing Ray Pember thing is and like endeavoring to do that is like a matter of that whole, when all you have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail because he doesn't necessarily look to trying to slip them off his trail. He looks to how do I arrange it so I can kill him? He doesn't think about, stealth that much except like he doesn't want to kill his own family so like hey look there's an infinitesimal fragment of decency left not really but like for every other problem it's all about not how do I avoid it how do I sidestep it how do I solve it in another way it's how do I kill it like that's the only tool he seems to think of as having access to. 
Yeah, it's more of the he thinks he's so clever that what he does not see is his own cleverness can possibly be his own downfall, which is where um, L kind of tries to anticipate his movements and think of different things to get Kira out in the open to find out who is Kira really. I've never actually thought of the whole um, when Oliver has a hammer thing, which is a very interesting thing about it. Um, I It's definitely a, an interesting idea of he does it because he that's his way to do it. So it's like, why do anything else when that's, one, the most surefire way and also the easiest? But it's hard to just say, oh, it's only because of how his view is because everything about him is so distorted already with but the like, God complex. He should theoretically be smart enough to realize that every killing he does gives more information to L. He does uh, like mention that, but there was a lot like that's always something that I still kind of even though they address it, I'm like, is that really right? But like the whole, he mentions that whole thing about playing the police and L against each other to try and hinder them by like going, oh, if they know I have police records, he won't trust them and stuff. But it's yeah, I kind of uh, agree on that. That's not as smart as he yeah, thinks he is. I mean, like the whole like, oh, try to play them off against each other does to some extent make sense because like L is reliant upon the police to do most of the like on the ground work. But like fundamentally, there are occasions where his goal of being left unmolested to fulfill his delusions of godhood would be better served by not killing people. But his like what he does is just immediately try to kill people like he doesn't really seem to care about stealth except hide the death note when he can't be near it because he needs to maintain his facade and hide myself from people long enough to kill them. Well, also, there's a thing with the death note that if people anyone touches it touches the death note or touches pages from the death note, as you see with the bus jacking, they can see Ryuk. And that will scare the crap out of anybody in this in this um, particular series of seeing some something that looks like Ryuk and talks the way Ryuk does and that he can fly. It's like, wait, I, okay, that it's either a delusion, which, which Ray even says, oh, he's hallucinating. Um, sure, we can go with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with that in this case. I mean, like, that's a reasonable response to a sudden fucking death god appearing in front of you is to, like, go, oh shit, kill it, kill it, kill it. It's also especially bad because, as has been established, Ryuk is not on Light's side. He is following him because it's interesting. And obviously at the moment, he's the only one he can talk to. But if someone else were to pick it up, there's no saying, oh, I might not give information to him if that's interesting. Yeah, like if he whatever. thinks it would be more interesting to add some additional challenge to Light's life, he's going to fucking do it. Like, he's an amoral death god. He just wants to watch people die in fun ways. Like, that's fundamentally his motivation. 
is he's bored. Like, he's bored. He fundamentally doesn't view human lives as valuable, except in as much as entertainment. Like, he's looking at us the way the theoretical average person looks at an insect. I can't just say the way people look at insects, because I've known far too many entomologists, but I think you get my point. Okay, so from the characters that have been introduced so far, because there are more coming, are there any favorites or anyone that's like, I need to see what happens with this particular character? Um, I mean, I like Light's father because he's genuinely focused on trying to do the right thing and stop this menace to society. And he's like willing to stand up and say, like, yep, I will risk my life to make sure that this guy's stopped. And of course, it's going to set up for some nice, great, like, horrid, dramatic irony stuff or whatever later down the line when he finds out it's his son. Because you know that's going to happen. He's definitely going to find out it's his son at some point. And then there's definitely going to be some like super sad scene where he has to kill Light or where Light has to kill him. And he'll probably be very sad about it. And Light probably won't feel anything about it because he's an evil bastard. And that's definitely going to happen in the future, I'm calling it. Okay, that's your prediction. We will see. Oh, yes, we will very much see. That's a tune in to find out moment. Um, oh, so, so, Ross, you've seen the series already. Yes. Uh, but, like, near a decade ago, so... I remember major things. I also remember the first half a lot more than the second half. So I did remember the vague, the, most of the things that happened here, just not exact order and all of the elements of their scheme and chess match. But yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, well, the first five episodes do set the pace for how the rest of the show will pan out. Um, the first half is definitely a lot memorable, um, if, if you do get a chance to see it all the way to the end, you'll kind of see why the first half is a lot more memorable than the second half. Um, but any favorite moments that stick out from one through five? Cause I, I just, my, my favorite moments, any, anything with Ryuk and Light's, um, conversations. Aside from the anime's whole thing of all the crazy dramatic pen writing with the epic music and whatever, which is just ridiculous and fun in terms of like actual plot stuff. I really like um, L's reveal or I'm not real like thing with the when he made the announcement on the TV where because it's like it's kind of establishes the big conflict for a lot of it of L versus light and it does in one scene show this is a guy who can figure it out even though the odds are so ridiculously against him of a random person writing a magic notebook that kills with a name and a face and in one scene it's like okay now there this guy isn't nearly as unstoppable as it would seem from his power and like it also establishes more of the parallel to light of like Oh, here's someone who was also a brilliant bastard in that, 
I mean, one, it establishes Light as being fallible and stupid because he doesn't consider, he's like, oh, it's a worldwide broadcast. And then like Elle uses that to dupe him into action and like all the rest of that of like laying out the plans, the like fucking just as planned monologue to garner more information. Like it very clearly sets up those parallels of here is a brilliant bastard. Except this is the brilliant bastard who's on the side of good. And I mean, it also reads a lot like BBC Sherlock of like, oh, yes, I am brilliant and kind of also a bastard. Like that, like brilliant, but kind of an asshole trope that you see in so many things. Like it sets it up as like, oh, yes, here we have two of them. <laughs> two of them one who probably could make the facade of being social and being popular and the other one who's like okay you probably don't know how to socialize all right well we'll see what happens but yeah the pen writing with the epic music don't you wish you could write your papers and just have the epic music blaring as you go so <laughs> you knew you were doing also, something amazing Elle is such a drama queen I mean, yes, but L specifically, because he has the whole like, oh, yes, I will hide and you won't be able to talk with me. And there will be one man in the world who can communicate with me and he'll be wandering around in a black trench coat and a hat and his face in shadow all the time. And I'll only speak through the like, God, like, yes, there's a purpose to it. But also you are just you're just being a drama queen. I mean, when we've established, I mean, well, it seems like that's already a thing already, but when you have a guy where somehow this guy is killing remotely with some unknown means besides knowing, like, all he knows is that the picture of the L and the voice modulated is not enough. So, but still, like, letting anything more than that is really really dangerous to anyone until he can get people like he it absolutely makes sense trusts. once you've established that there's a serial killer with supernatural bullshit powers but before that before that he's being a drama queen yeah, i can say it it's really nice to hear other opinions about these two characters but i did have one question what if L got the death note instead of light? How do you think the whole thing would play out? Given given what we know about L from episodes one through five. I mean, my guess is either he'd burn it or he'd possibly maybe try and do the same thing as light, except he wouldn't have the full God complex and would genuinely just kill criminals. But most likely, I think he'd burn it because I think he actually has some degree of moral code that he abides by. With this whole thing of as a detective, figure out the truth, that's justice. I don't think he'd use it because either one, he and that defeats his purpose of his job of figure out who did this so they can be brought to justice. But also, if it's a case of, oh, there's a thing where the guy's like a clearly known criminal doing this thing. I mean, it does also go against the whole law thing of just kill 
instantly for that stuff, but I, I, I'm kind of losing what I'm saying, but yeah, I don't think he'd be the kind to use it like that. Just like, oh, I find this, I have this power. Um, I'm going to use it to do anything for the world. I just that, that I'm rambling, but that doesn't seem like, like I think I agree thing. with you. Like, I think it sets up the parallels of they're both intelligent kind of bastards, but like light has the God complex and that's the thing that makes him different. Whereas L is just kind of an annoying bastard who also happens to have a moral code that he does seem to hold to pretty strongly. We also haven't seen too much of L besides him sitting in a room. We've seen him standing by out, a window so... barefoot. That too. Um, so I guess it's a thing of we've established his code of what he wants to do. We don't necessarily know all his limits yet. So, well, I don't think the death note is a thing. That'll be interesting to see. And we also don't know light's limitations either. So, again, ep episode one through five, it, it establishes who the characters, well, who the main characters would be following. And then the, the tone of the action, how this is going to play out. And what next steps will either one take to see if, is there going to be a winner? Is there going to be a loser? Who knows? It, it's pretty much, a, like like Ross said, a chess match. I think we have a better idea of Light's Limits because at the moment, the only one we've seen for sure is he doesn't seem to want to kill his family, which is a very, very small one. I mean, like, it's small, but it matters. And it's only episodes one through five. So at least in episodes one through five, he's he's like, ah, I'm not going to kill my family. I'm not going to make, I'm going to make sure that my sister or my mom does not come in and happen to see the death note on the table and then try to pick it up. And then there goes that whole idea. I feel like there was a line where he said, like, I really hope I don't have to, but I'm like that it did imply that he felt he would at one point, which still shows it's like not out of the realm of possibility, but he's obviously trying to do a lot to prevent that from happening. Unless I'm imagining something or misremembering. No, he, ve he very much does say it. Um, and the idea of light God complex and what Light decides to do next does, you see it play out in later episodes and what happens. It, it, it all comes into play with his battle with L at this point. And other stuff that comes in, but that's spoilers. So I have an, I guess, a core thing that about the show that I guess we can discuss now that could probably be a thing like that's always tricky the whole morality of what light's doing, leaving aside the God complex of what it is. And, but the idea of does this thing of just, if you're a criminal and you do this thing, you're going to die basically no matter what. And does that make the world a better place to have that kind of threat and stuff? I mean, it's kind of funnily enough. It's one of the things that's very similar to Gundam double O we discussed last week 
of the whole thing of a power just instantly ending stuff, but different in terms of just kill criminals instead of stop wars. That's a good parallel, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because, like, my immediate thought is, like, this isn't acceptable. It's disproportionate retribution. But also, that's a cool parallel. Also, funny thing about that side tangent, Setsuna, main character, and Light are the same in both English and Japanese, Mama Romiato and Brad Swale, oh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> there you go. The whole That guy could probably play all these good characters. So they hire both of them at the same time. Who knows? So I guess back on the point of the morality that is not really the center, but like the basis of the thing, I feel like I want thoughts on that. That's cool. Well, yeah, the the only difference between Gundam 00 and Death Note is in Gundam, I'm in the suit, I'm physically doing the action. Whereas Death Note, well, I'm just writing a name down. It could happen, it couldn't happen, you get a heart attack, ah, it's whatever. Natural causes, we'll go with that. There's definitely something to be said for being isolated from the action of killing and that possibly affecting it. I want to say more about just the morality in general, leaving light aside of, because obviously, yeah, once he has the God complex, all him being right goes right out the window from the beginning. It's not even a slippery slope thing. It's just like, nope, you're wrong. But I guess the overall moral question of could that be done? Should that be? Like, I'll just say personally, I obviously don't think that's the the right thing to do does no nobody should play judge jury executioner and just killing out of hand will cause a lot of innocent people or people who don't deserve to die for one thing to die just and ruling through fear isn't a thing but i just want to see what your guys thoughts on that kind of idea was <laughs> um because it it's the thing that that you find intriguing of, well, if you look at prisons, and, and I don't know of all of them globally, but if you look in the United States system or systems that use executions in prison for certain crimes, that might have been what came into play with Light's thinking of, well... This happens anyway. And interestingly enough, in one of the episodes in one through five, L kind of says, oh, well, this guy was up for execution today anyway. So is what Light did wrong if you were already going to kill the guy for a crime he committed? It's like that, that back and forth question of like, well, what exactly is considered justified or not justified in killing someone? For who commits crimes. I mean, I suppose, but part of it is he expands beyond just killing people who'd be executed. He expands it to pretty much every violent offense, along with also being opposed to him. But he seems to expand it to every violent offense. And like, there's a lot of those things where it's like, yeah, you're, if you're doing that, you're kind of a bastard. But the other, also, with a lot of these people, he's just finding names on the news where they haven't. It's not 
like they're often referred to as suspects. There's evidence that they haven't necessarily, they've just been indicted. They haven't been convicted. So like there's still the possibility that they're actually innocent and he's just going, well, suspect dead. That That's the case for um, some of them, but like obviously the first one he does, it wasn't even a suspect thing. They knew this guy has hostages and has uh, like killed other people. So that's like, as the first step, that's always like the thing of, would you do that to save these people? That's always a harder thing. And also I think a lot of the people he's got after that, like the ones in prison he's like testing on was from the police records that he can access from his father's computer. So that at least he knows more than so I suppose it's more some than of them, but just the yeah. News. But yeah, there's definitely some cases where, I mean, regardless of your feelings on the death penalty, there's definitely some disproportionate retribution. And then there's also cases where he doesn't seem to be waiting for a conviction to kill people. So like, like that very first one of like, oh, here's a hostage taker who's been known to kill people. Like, okay, you know what? That's actually, I'll give you that. Like, I'll give you that. That is in your place. I'd probably do that too. Like, that's one where I'll grant you, but he very quickly expands far beyond the defensible. But again, the the question of whether or not what Light is doing is correct, it, it it's what I feel drives the series and also drives the battle between Light and L, which, as Ross pointed out, two sides of the same coin. It's like, yeah, yeah, because if the shoe was on the other foot, maybe it would have turned out the same way. Maybe it would have been slightly different in context and connotation but it's just it's just a very interesting thing you have a notebook you write a name you think of a person they die wow okay what what is happening here so it i this is why death note makes it a, a fun thriller series and as it progresses you see oh wait there's there's more to this than what meets the eye and what the Shinigamis are responsible for and the fact that there are people who do follow one side or the other and then how that continues to play out with the endings that um, from my understanding this, the Japanese live action movies and the mangas apparently had slightly different endings so at least that was the rumor at the time that Death Note had come out um, I'll just say it in non-spoilers. There, the difference is mainly in how some things play out in the last episode, but the overall ending, for the most part, I'm pretty sure stays the same. Like the results. So that that's really um, an interesting take on the on the series of. Oh well, I need to find out how all of that happens. Um, but I will say my introduction to Death Note was not through the anime originally. It was through the Japanese live action movies, um, which I believe came later. But those were very interesting to me because it was kind of um, 
also almost a summary of what the anime and then the manga also show. So if anyone wants to check those out just to get a quicker summary, you definitely can. Um, and definitely check out the manga because it's really good also. So let's also talk about how Light is a manipulative bastard, which, I mean, all comes back to his god complex because, you know, the fucking date to figure out the deal with Ray Pember where he, like, he's just like, ah, oh, yes, I will get a date and she shall be my unwitting, like, he's not even fucking thinking about the fact that he's going to fucking traumatize someone by making her survive a fucking bus jacking where, I mean, as far as she knows, her life is genuinely in danger and he's not giving a shit about that. And now he's like dead body. And God, what a manipulative bastard. Why is he supposedly some charismatic, desirable person? I mean, well, they don't know all that. They just see, the top of the class, really good at studying, hardworking facade he puts on. So they don't know that. But yeah, he basically does not care about anyone but himself, aside from how can I use yeah. them? Although, I mean, also, I suppose we could talk about like that trope of like brilliant evil bastard who always somehow manages to get unwitting girls to go along with his thing of like on the creator's part that almost seems kind of sexist of like yes there are no matter what there will always be girls who are willing to who are just too stupid to see that this person is really an evil but and it's just like fucking really we haven't gone to entirely but i will say one of the probably biggest weaknesses of death note is it does not handle its female characters well a lot of the yeah, time. There's there's definitely some stuff where it's like, mm, you're being a sexist bastard. Um like I mean like the scene with Ray Pember where he's meeting with his fiance and it's like, but you aren't an agent anymore and you should be worrying about this. And then we're going to have a family and you won't think about this at all anymore because you'll be too busy. And it's just like, wow, you sexist shit. Yeah, two thousand six Japan. Well, it was it wasn't progressive yet. I'm I'm half to say that, but the, the they're like, yeah, we we throw females in here, but look at Light and L. That's the main focus. You know, there's um, yeah, that's gonna be spoilers too. Any predictions about the whole female? I'm expecting the there's going to be some more sexist bullshit, and I'm going to be pissed about it. I mean, they did set up the plot of, I don't remember if they gave her name, but the fiancé that once he died, she's like, no, I'm going to go figure it oh, out, yeah, she's and gonna I'm going to go out and do it. She's which... going to die. I fucking guarantee you, within the next, like, three episodes, maybe five She's going to be dead, and it's going to be something where she's trying to get the requisite information to whoever to stop light because she, like, manages to piece something together. But somehow, fucking light, I fucking guarantee this, probably because he's related to the chief of police, is going to figure out who she is, manipulate her, and kill her. I fucking guarantee it. That is my official prediction. 
right, we'll keep that one noted as well. Yep, just tune in to find out more about this show. So, with that, unless y'all want to join me on the ranting about sexism. If you want to go for it, then well, that's that was up more to you. an invitation of, do you have any additional commentary on how the representation is problematic? And also, I really hate that trope of popular bastard who can always find someone. Like I said, I do agree that the way they handle women in the show is really not good probably most likely the worst aspect overall so we've seen a little bit of it i'm not going to disagree on that because yeah it's like it's a thing whether it like completely destroys the other elements of the show is a different issue but i mean like i'm still watching it so it's obviously still sufficiently compelling show for me to look past the frustrating sexism but it's definitely there so yeah i mean um i'm not sure if ryuk says it in episodes one through five but it's a key phrase he says which is humans are so very interesting oh definitely because on humans being interesting multiple times i mean that's like central to his whole character of of just being bored, and that's why he wants to watch all these people die. Since they have their own thing, where unlike Shinugan, it's like, oh, we can't do anything to each other, so we just sit or gamble or whatever, and I don't have any reason to kill humans, but if I give this to a whole nother world where the Death Note can change things, humans have more ability to act and cause change, and interact in a way that is interesting to watch if you're an immortal being you probably will get bored eventually so like it almost makes a twisted kind of sense of like if you're immortal maybe maybe there's almost like an implication of anyone immortal would start wanting to watch the world burn just for a bit of entertainment Mortality is a thing explored in a lot of different shows to various ways of what they do, either world burn, find a way to die, or in some happier things like, no, I just, that gives me all the time in the world to try new things and the world's always changing. So there's always more Mm -hmm. to see. So, but yeah, this is very clearly of the, "Eh, I'm bored. Let's see shit go down. With that, I guess we'll call it good. You will find us again next week discussing Mushishi. Signing off. This is Ross. And this This is Jennifer. Mataraishi, ne? Johnny.